Um, hi, my name is Tim and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, because I'm an alcoholic, that makes me an addict as well. Uh, one entails the other. Um, my date of sobriety is the 24th of July 1993. Very grateful to be sober. Uh, very lucky to be sober. Very lucky still to be alive. Um, my home groups are the Brick Lane Big Book Study. AA meeting uh, in London on a Saturday at 6pm and uh, another group, a big book step group um, on Friday at 7.30pm and a very important part of both of those groups is that we go for dinner afterwards. I don't know what your first experience of being sober and clean was on a Friday or Saturday night but I felt very sorry for myself. So I wasn't allowed. To, I wasn't allowed to drink anymore. Poor me, and all those other people having such a lovely time. Um, it's been very important for me to be part of groups which give people somewhere to go for the whole of Friday evening and the whole of Saturday evening. So we look after them from on Saturday from they turn up at the meeting. Uh, quarter past five and uh, people don't go home till eleven o'clock and I think a very important feature of an AA group is that it's a spiritual entity which doesn't flick on like a light switch at 6pm and flick off like a light switch at 7pm I've been to I've I've been to meetings where the meetings were all very nice, very lovely sharing, marvellous. And you're talking to someone afterwards. The meeting finishes at 7, say. You're talking to someone afterwards. And uh, you say goodbye to them. And you say, oh, who's the next person to talk to? And it's four minutes past seven. Everyone else is scarpered. Well, that's not a group. I don't know what it is, but it's not a group. A group is a spiritual entity which is there um, for its members 24 hours a day seven days a week and an important part of that as I say is getting there early, staying late and um, about half an hour after our meeting finishes I, I'm one of the key holders and a friend of mine helps me lock up we have to hoosh people out of the building you know, half an hour later they're still nattering away we go into the courtyard afterwards uh, uh, to sort of push them off to the restaurant there are like 35, 40 people still there Talking. That's a sign of a good group. It doesn't matter what happens between 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock, which is the listed meeting. Uh, it's all of the interaction before and afterwards which really counts, I think. Um, um, so I'm supposed, to t- I'm supposed to talk about sponsorship, apparently. Um, <clears throat> it's a very contentious issue. Um, and I asked people to submit some questions in advance, and some of the questions were quite contentious as well. Um, so what I'm going to say is, is I'm going to tell you how I sponsor people at the moment, and I'm going to tell you the results that I get from that, myself and what I see in the people I sponsor. And if you like the results as I portray them, then you're welcome to imitate anything that I 
say that I do in sponsorship. If you don't like the results as I portray them, you're completely free to ignore anything I say. If you've got a system with your sponsees that totally works and it sounds completely different to what I do, then there's no argument because you've already got something that works. So just think of a few of your favourite things over the next hour and we can all remain friends. So the, the, the aim is not to start an argument with anyone. And um, I know none of you down here in, in sunny, peaceful Bournemouth stroke Christchurch are <coughs> argumentative or difficult, but I'm, I'm an argumentative and difficult person. Um, and I've had to learn in sponsorship. This is the first principle of sponsorship. Um, I'm there to present the AA program through my own experience. I'm there to explain it when people have good-natured questions about it. But I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. I present it. If you take it on board, great. And if you don't, I'll leave you be. But I'm not going to have an argument about it. So it's not good for me, it's not good for you. And I'm not here to persuade anyone to do the steps or to do them the way I do them or anything like that. So I'm here to just present and explain, not to convince or persuade. Um, And that's true when I'm speaking at an event like this and it's true in sponsorship as well. I've spent too many weeks and months (laughs) over the years trying to convince people trying to persuade them to to do the steps or go to meetings or whatever it was or not to drink and it's uh, as a friend of mine describes it it's it's like wrestling a greased pig the (laughs) the endeavour is doomed to failure because it will always slip out of your grasp and as you are lying there on the ground mudded and blooded the thing that you forget is the pig has been having a time of its life <laughs> because when I was new uh, uh, I know all of the people I've met today have been very nice I, when I was new I wasn't nice I was difficult and I argued with people and I was I, I <coughs> contradicted them and I was, I was unpleasant with the people who tried to sponsor me and I loved every minute of it. So I'm talking, I'm talking from experience that a pig loves it. Um, it if, I could find, if I could find the big cheese in AA, someone sober 20 or 30 years, and I could win an argument against them, that made me more important than them. So I've got a keen eye out for people who think they're getting, they're, they're getting points by winning an argument against me. I, and I, that's why I don't argue anymore. And um, uh, someone, someone tried it the other day, actually, the meeting. They, 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 it's someone who uh, uh, has never liked me very much, I'm, I'm told. <laughs> and he came into the meeting, came sat down right next to me. I thought, aye, aye, so there's something up here. And it was all very nice. And then... He, start, he started and he said, you seem to think that, and then he told me what I thought, and then he said, but I think that, then he told me what he thought. And, and there was a little pause, I thought, I'm not going to say anything. I just smiled at him. 
And then he said, so what do you think of that then? <laughs> you want a lovely old ding-dong. I said, I don't, I don't know what I think of that. And he said, really? I said, no, I don't. I couldn't, I, I just can't, I can't engage anymore. I'm too, I'm too tired <laughs> to engage in, in, in crap like that. I'm here for one thing and one thing only, to so just try and share what I want, what I have to share, and if it helps, great. And um, I, I've had the last 20, as I joined AA 24 years ago, I've been sober 23 and a half years. Uh, I've done AA in lots of different ways. I've had lots of different approaches. I've tried lots of different things. I've had lots of different sponsors. And at every single point along the line, I thought, aha, this is it. This is the right way to do it. Completely forgetting that I was saying something completely different six months earlier. So what, what I know now is anything I'm saying now, I'm probably going to change my mind in the next six months to a year. So this is just a snapshot. Um, <clears throat> so this question of who can, who can be a sponsor... Um, and the question that came from uh, one of the people in advance was does sponsoring someone require emotional intelligence that's a good question does sponsoring someone require emotional intelligence and I can thankfully report that uh, apparently it doesn't because I've been doing it for years (laughs) and some of them even call a second time or a third time. So, um, uh, a sponsor in my book is not a therapist or a counsellor or anything like that. My primary aim uh, as a sponsor is to share my experience of how to go through the steps. And uh, there's a line somewhere in the 12 on 12. I think it says, alcoholics are problem people. And I think that's right. I've had a lot of problems over the years. Um, lots of people I sponsor seem to collect an awful lot of problems by lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> and they, sometimes they phone up and in the first minute... I, I, I'm given a smorgasbord of 15 possible problems and I say, no, you need to pick which one you want to talk about because I can't, I can't the, the, the selection is too broad here. I can't even start to wade through this. So we're, we're problem people. My job as a sponsor, um, and I know this because I got it wrong for many years, is not to solve your problem. It's not to fix your problem. It's to suggest possible AA principles which you might use to help solve your problem in conjunction with your higher power. I'm not there to fix you, and because of this, I don't need to be psychic or intuitive, or I don't need to be one of those caring, nodding Claire Rayner types. I'm just <laughs> not built to be Claire Rayner. Claire Rayner is built to be Claire Rayner. I don't need to be her. Um, um, and the qualifications for sponsorship, there's, there's a great... I won't be able to find the quotation now. Let's see if I can find it, though. Um, maybe it's around 
90, yes, 96. Um, supposing now, suppose now you are making your second visit to a man. He has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. So that, that is the entirety of the qualifications for being a sponsor. You have had the experience yourself. What's the experience? The experience of going through the 12 steps. Um, so if you've had the... You, and sometimes people say, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm afraid, and this is there's lots and lots of bad news in the next hour or so. Uh, the first piece of bad news is um, whether you are ready to sponsor someone is a question of fact, not a question of opinion or feeling. If you've been through the 12 steps, you are ready to sponsor someone, regardless of whether you feel you are ready. No one said it was going to be comfortable or easy. Uh, if you wait until you feel like it or you think it's going to be comfortable or easy, you're going to be waiting for a very long time. Um, and the, the question is, well, do, you know, does one have to have completed all 12 steps? Um, it can take a long time to find every last person on the amends list. Um, so the advice which was given to me and the advice I pass on, once you're making steady headway into your amends, um, you've got enough experience. And because, because I get people, as I did myself, to start steps 10, 11 and 12, really as soon as they make the step three decision, you know, uh, as soon as you've decided to turn your will and life over to God, why would you not want to go to God every morning and say, what do I do today? because the only other authority available is your ego, and your ego got you here in the first place. So by the time you're taking step nine, um, you're, you've already been practicing 10, 11, and 12 in all sorts of ways, so you've got experience with the 12 steps. So um, everyone I, I sponsor, uh, I only continue to sponsor them if they sponsor others. If they get to step nine, say, right, I'm, I'm cooked now, great, I can go and get on with the rest of my life, but I want to keep calling you for advice, the answer is no, unless you're sponsoring other people. Um, because the point of this is to start a chain, or to continue a chain reaction. Um, uh, and the chain reaction which carried the message to me goes all the way back to Bill Wilson and, and Dr. Bob, and, and way before that, forms of this message have been carried for thousands of years. Um, a very specific form arose in 1935 in AA. But the point is a chain reaction. It's worth me passing everything I've learned on to you if you're willing to pass it on to other people. If you want it for yourself, good luck. Because it'll go, it's my, a sponsor of mine, Brian, um, said that it's like milk. You can't take it away and put it in a canister and hope that it's going to keep. Because it won't, it'll go sour. Um, the book instead talks about this being like uh, it talks about the, 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 the prospector who's mining this limitless load of, 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 of minerals from the ground and you can continue to mine and get the minerals if you give away everything that you're given uh, and, and that's how it's worked for me um, 
So what, what, is, what is sponsorship? As I said, it's to take someone through the steps and it's to show people um, uh, how to apply AA principles to other questions, other situations that arise in your life. Um, what I'm not there as, as a sponsor, is a substitute for fellowship. I'm not there as a substitute for service. I'm not there to fill in any other gaps. And for my program to be effective in keeping me sober, I need to stay completely active in all three sides of the triangle. And so I get people that I sponsor to start doing the same. I want them to be calling not just me, but a whole load of other people, people who are further ahead of them, people who are at the same level, people who are newer, so that they're reliant on the fellowship of AA and not on me. Alcoholics are sticky people. They get stuck onto individuals. And as a sponsor, you can easily get people stuck onto you and become dependent on you. And that's something I won't let happen. Um, from the bitter experience that it's never good for them in the long term and it's never good for me in the long term uh, because it wasn't other people that got me well it was a power greater than myself working through those people in my life and so I've never helped anyone I make myself available as a sponsor and God works through me to help people um, so I'm the channel I'm not the source and as soon as someone um, thinks that I'm the source, I'm, I'm what's going to fix them, we're in serious, serious trouble. So, <clears throat> in the same way that I rely on the broader fellowship as, uh, on, uh, as a whole, in order to rely on God, I get other people to do the same. And then it's, sim- then it's simple. Um, I've been sponsored by, as I say, a lot of people over the years. Um, <clears throat> and Although they're very, very, they've been very, very different people, very different characters, the curious thing they all have in common is what they say about sponsorship, which is business is business. And you need to keep some, although it's, it's, as one of the earlier speakers said, it's a very intimate thing because you're sharing some very intimate material with them and they're sharing some very intimate material with you. It's honesty business. But at the same time, there's an emotional distance so that if you die of alcoholism, I won't like it, but I'm not going to get dragged down by your alcoholism if you go down in flames. I've got to keep the emotional distance. Um, And there's a line that has got to be taken very carefully in, in the book where it says, where it says, we offer him friendship and fellowship. Now, I offer a form of friendship um, to sponsees, which is that on a good day, I'm friendly. (laughs) Um, But, and and very occasionally, once people are completely through the steps, they've completed all their amends, they're sponsoring a whole bunch of people, we might, a friendship might develop out of that. But if I continue to sponsor them, I retain the right to pull rank and say something you might find so uncomfortable you never want to speak to me again because I feel that it's important for me to say that because it might save your life the way my life was saved by my sponsor 
saying things which made me want to throttle him. I've, had, I've terminated relationships with sponsors because of single things that they said which ten years later turned out to be the most important things I'd heard in my recovery. I need to be able to say things to people which are so disturbing to their peace of mind but are vital potentially to save their life that the relationship is over. If, I'm, if, I, if I value the friendship with you too much, I'm going to be scared to say that. And when I look at sponsorship relationships um, over the years, and I, I've kept records for about seven years, and I've sponsored um, several hundred people over the last seven years, when I look at where things have gone wrong, almost invariably, it talks in the big book about this. In, um, let me get the quotation. <clears throat> we invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decision, decisions based on self which later placed us in a position to be hurt. If I care what you think about me, I'm not going to be able to tell the truth when I need to. So I need to be able to, I need to have a free hand as a sponsor. Um, and it's not me being cruel, it's where um, I'm talking to someone and I'm often praying at the same time that I'm having a conversation with someone. And if, as I'm praying, I'm prompted to ask this question or point this out or share a particular story, I have to be able to say that. I can't, I can't <clears throat> censor myself as a sponsor. Um, so it's this strange combination of real intimacy because I'm not censoring myself with emotional distance and it takes a long time to learn that the only way to learn it is to get it horribly wrong about a hundred times and then <laughs> but this is the great thing if you've got the people you're working with relying on the fellowship as a whole and doing service and lots and lots of friends if, if the relationship with you breaks down they're totally going to be fine. If you're the only person they're speaking to in recovery on a regular basis, you've got to be really careful about terminating that relationship. So that's why I get people relying on the fellowship and not on me. Um, I, I don't want anyone's alcoholism on my conscience. I think my own alcoholism is enough. Um, <clears throat> My, although I do revisit the steps on a regular basis, um, what has helped me more than anything, and still helps me today more than anything, is I think we're always broadcasting on some frequency, or several frequencies at once. And if I've got emotional difficulties or emotional problems, that's broadcasting on those particular frequencies. And other people who have the same problems are also broadcasting on those frequencies. And a little emotional connection is made if me and you are broadcasting on the same frequency. And I can't tell you how often over the years, and it's happened several times recently, when I look at the emotional problems, the difficulties that I've had over the last year, and they're nothing compared to what I had 20 years ago. But I've had a couple of corkers over the last six months. Um, 
because I'm broadcasting on those frequencies, people are brought into my life who have exactly the same problems. So the universe seems to send me people to work with so that I, I can't... I, I, someone else said it earlier, I don't work on myself, I work with other alcoholics. And that process somehow heals you at the same time that it's healing me. And when I'm saying to someone else, I suggest you blah, 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 blah. I suggest perhaps you could look at it like this. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. You might be in the room, you may or may not be listening, but boy do I need to hear what I'm telling you. (laughs) If I don't need to hear it, it won't occur to me to say it. Which is why when I'm sponsoring someone, no one need ever be offended at me pointing out some character defect, because I'm actually pointing out, even if I'm saying you, I'm pointing out my own current character defects. I can't talk about what not, what's not current in my experience on some level. And so the way um, all of the kinks get worked out of my character is not through endless analysis and inventory, although there's still a little bit of inventory. It's not any of that. It's listening to other people talk about their problems and thinking, blimey, I need to pull up my socks. That's what does it. That's why I won't stop sponsoring. And when, when things are difficult, and uh, things have been very difficult at certain points, I'm at my, um, fr- from uh, my, around my, just before my 23rd AA birthday for the six months that followed that, I was having a very, very difficult time emotionally. And it wasn't because I wasn't working my program. Um, there are <laughs> sometimes stuff comes up from deep within that has never been processed. Sometimes external events trigger, um, they cause stuff to come up from deep within. I'm going to need to deal with those things. When that happens, I don't shut down and close off. I lean into the wind. I lean into the program more. I go to more meetings. I make myself more available to help other people. Because what I've learned is, is that it's making myself a channel to help other people. That that is the thing which has saved my life again and again and again. So the number of people I've sponsored is a sign of how badly I've needed God's help. <laughs> it's not a sign of skill or experience or anything like that. It's, it's, that's a sign of how much I have gone to God and said... I need help with these problems. Can you find, do you have a solution here? Vroom, people ask for your phone number. <clears throat> and because of this, I think the question of getting, sometimes people who, are, who want to work the program, um, um, uh, consciously want to work the program, sometimes subconsciously don't. And uh, although there are things that you can do to help getting sponsees, so uh, someone once told me, I said, I don't know where to find newcomers to work with. And he said, they're hiding them at newcomers' meetings. Just go go to newcomers' meetings, you'll find plenty of them. Um, So there are some practical things you can do to find people to work with. That's certainly true. Um, um, You can go go to lots of meetings. Uh, Get there early. Say... uh, Say hello at least. At least say hello to everyone at the meeting, even if you can't think of anything more to say. Just say hello. You know, break the ice with them. Talk to them. Ask them how their recovery is going. Ask them how their day was. Ask them how they've been feeling over the last 24 hours. Um, share at the meeting. Share honestly. 
um, share about difficulties you've had, share about the AA solutions you've applied and whether they worked or not. Just share openly. Stay afterwards, go for fellowship, take people's numbers. You can do some you can do some basic things to place yourself in a position that people are more likely to say, Will you sponsor me? But my observation honestly is is um, uh, I, I've had I've had sponsees who um, <clears throat> who can't remember a quotation from the book, who barely know a step if it stood up in their soup, but they've gone through the process and they can, you know, they can take someone else through it. Um, you know, they're not technicians about the steps. Uh, they don't necessarily share. They're not, you know, world class sharers, but they're bloody enthusiastic and they want to help people and wherever you go they're always surrounded by a little crowd of crazy newcomers <laughs> and I think, I, I think if you want to help people if you really in your heart you want to help people it just happens just, it just happens if you pray to God it'll, it'll, it'll happen um, so that the next oh, oh, someone said this is another question that came I'm pausing a lot on drinking because I've, got, I've had a throat problem recently. Hopefully, hopefully my throat won't um, give out completely. Uh, what is the primary purpose of sponsorship? The first one is this. Uh, it's this um, it will ensure immunity from drinking. And there are times when no amount of step work on me is going to work. I need to connect. It, it talks about in, intensive work with another alcoholic, not extensive. I need to get open and honest with someone who's being open and honest with me. Um, but just as important, there's some more sort of grown-up stuff in <coughs> Dr. Bob's Nightmare. I don't think he, he thought of that title. I suspect someone else imposed that on him. <clears throat> it's not the way he would speak. Um, the reasons he sponsors number one sense of duty I think uh, and duty is a very unpopular word in the 21st century it's a sort of pre-World War I word duty Um, uh, you don't hear about it in in the media it's not a a popular idea people talking about doing their duty I think there is a duty and and the, the last chap who spoke talked about it as well um, if, if there's no one, if there's no, if there weren't anyone there when I first came to AI, I wouldn't have got well. These are people that took time out of busy, successful lives in order to come and share their experience with me. Um, and I have a moral duty to anyone in recovery who is suffering, who is looking for help, to be part of the solution. Um, it's no good me going to AA and getting all the goodies and then running off with them. Apart from that, it doesn't work. There, there's, there is a moral aspect to this. And, um, uh, and the step four, it talks, inter- I think it's so interesting, it calls it a moral inventory. It doesn't call it a psychological inventory. It, uh, and my moral problem, very, very simple, so it's not complicated, it's I was the centre and main objective of my life. That's it. Everything else flowed from that. The moral solution is to place God as the centre and main objective of my life <clears throat> and to go to God and say, what would you like me to do? 
And that shift is the shift that takes place in, in AA. Um, what else? It is a pleasure. Um, one of the things that my sponsor says <coughs> is that sponsorship is like sex. If you're not enjoying it, you're doing something wrong. Um, because this business of, of uh, people are endlessly fascinating. I, 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 I've never got bored sponsoring people. Um, except when I'm treating it like business, like a, like a sort of business transaction, like I'm going through the motions, I'm, I'm doing it formulaically, I'm doing it mechanically. What I've got to do to stop it becoming boring, because, you know, I'm afraid the book doesn't change, so we're taking people through the same thing over and over again. I explain the same thing over and over again. To keep it interesting, to keep it alive, I have to remember the subject matter of sponsorship is not the book. The subject matter is the person sitting in front of me. And my job is to <coughs> ask my higher power, how can I reach this person? What story can I pull out of my mind, out of my past, which will connect to this person? And that's endlessly fascinating. I've never got bored doing that. As you hear yourself telling stories, you don't know why you're telling them. Then the person in front of you bursts into tears because it's connected with something deep inside them. You have no idea why you're even telling the story. So this praying constantly for inspiration while you're talking to people is so vital. Um, third reason, because in doing so I'm paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. Um, <clears throat> and the fourth one, insurance against a possible slip. Um, I've got a very nasty case of alcoholism. I love what one of the speakers earlier said about you know all of these different addictions and addictive patterns being like jars. You're trying to keep a lid on, except you've got one fewer lids than you have jars. Um, <clears throat> and my experience um, in the long some people okay, some people go through the steps once and they're fixed and they're fine and they never have any compulsive thoughts or compulsive behaviours, and they're just pleasant forever. <laughs> and, um, you know, the occasional blip, basically, they're fine. I've been a much more uh, difficult nut to crack. And addiction has wormed its way back into my life in all sorts of different ways, and still keeps trying to find its way back in various ways. And one of the great things about um, AA <coughs> is um, in step 12, it talks about practicing these principles in all our affairs, which means I get to practice the principles of AA in relation to compulsiveness about anything else. And I found in AA I don't need to run off to a thousand different fellowships to deal with a thousand different compulsions. They, all of these compulsive activities, compulsive patterns, whatever they are, um, are manifest in all the sponsees in front of me, reflecting the same compulsive tendencies in me. And it's one of the things that um, I've learned in AA, which surprised the hell out of me. Fundamentally, I actually care about other people. I don't think I did. But if I didn't, I wouldn't have felt so guilty about all the terrible things I did. I wouldn't have had such... I, I didn't have low self-worth. I had legitimate guilt and shame 
for how badly I'd been treating people. Didn't identify it as that. I <clears throat> found out it was that as I made amends and the guilt and shame went, the, the low self-worth went away. But I fundamentally care for people. And you know what? And this is, perhaps this shouldn't be the case, but it is, so there we go. There have been times when um, I felt the knock of alcoholism at the door and a little voice in my mind has thought, wouldn't it be just easier to relapse? Wouldn't it be just easier just to say, F all of this and go and do something else. And I've thought about the people in my life and what it would do to them. And maybe lots of people have been brought into my life to sponsor to save my life, not to save theirs. Um, that connection with other people is what keeps me sober today. It's caring about other people. And there's nothing it, that... The other interesting thing as well, uh, sometimes I, I have a character defect which is uh, small to medium <laughs> and a sponsee comes to me with that same character defect except it's writ large across their life. I can only help them if I'm successfully tackling that problem in myself. To help them I need to deal with my own crap. I can't leave any stone unturned. I can't leave any inappropriate behaviour or thinking festering in my life because it hamstrings me. It ties one hand behind my back. I can't suggest that you do something which might save your life if I'm letting myself off the hook with the same thing. So, um, <clears throat> again, my experience is what saves my life again and again and again is, is, is sponsoring other people. Um, <clears throat> here's a question that someone asked. Um, are there any conditions for taking sponsees on? Um, and I do have some conditions. I talk to people in depth now. I used to take people on very quick, very quickly, very promptly, and I don't anymore. Um, I, I'll start talking to them straight away, but I, we, won't, we don't have a deal straight away. One thing that I've found doesn't work is if people are doing multiple processes, spiritual processes at the same time, but they get played off against each other. Um, and particularly if people are, and this is going to set the cat amongst the pigeons, um, if it does, maybe the cat needs to be amongst the pigeons. When I've tried to sponsor people who are first time through the steps and they're, tra- and they're having psychotherapy at the same time, um, they run to the therapist typically saying, but my AA sponsor says, and they run to me saying, but my therapist says, and they can't give themselves fully to what the therapist is saying. They can't give themselves fully to AA because they're getting conflicting advice. And um, if someone needs to be in therapy because that's the thing which is killing them, the something which is killing them, they need outside help, go and do that. If you can find a sponsor who will work together with a therapist, go and do that, but you need to get the two people to work together. I can't do that. Um, And I used to feel guilty. Perhaps I ought to be able to help everyone. I can't help everyone. One of the great things I've learned about AA is um, I had a sponsor, uh, sorry, an ex who, um, almost the same thing. (laughs) 
you see why I don't have a good time with therapists. They'd have a field day with me. Um, <clears throat> his, his mother, old Granny Pat, as she was known, would say it wouldn't do for us all to be the same. So I'm within my rights in AA to have boundaries of what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do. And if you want to do your recovery a particular way and it doesn't fit with me, there are lots of other people. I'll give you a list. (laughs) But I don't have to be everything to everyone. Um, What else? Um, What got me sober? You see, I relapsed for a long time in AA before I had my my last drink. Um, What got sober, what got me sober was taking actions I didn't believe in because the people who suggested them were doing better than me. And um, one of those actions which was suggested is not in the big book, but it was suggested to me and it was get a job. I was about four and a half minutes sober. And I was complaining I didn't have anything to do and I didn't have any money and I didn't have any self-worth and I didn't have a... The world didn't need me and and everyone said, get a job. So I, I, I did. And, and, it, and I got a job buttering bread in a sandwich bar. And... Um, <coughs> <coughs> And it was the making of me, because it gave me something to do for seven hours a day. When I I had to, believe it or not, I had to concentrate on what I was doing. (laughs) So I didn't have to think about me. It put money in my pocket. It gave me a place in society, admittedly not a very elevated one. But it, 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 it made me part of the world. I had to turn, and it was different jobs every week, but I had to turn up at this employment agency at 7am uh, every morning. Then they'd send me somewhere different every day, and I was earning whatever it was, you know, three or four quid an hour. Um, <clears throat> and I could hold my head up for the first time in my life. Now, as I say, this isn't in the big book, but I've learnt through bitter experience. I won't sponsor anyone unless they're working or studying or volunteering or spending a good 30 hours a week looking for work or volunteering opportunities or study. And the reason why is because I've never sponsored anyone who doesn't do that who got well. Again, not in the big book, just my experience. Very unpopular thing to say, but there we have it. I'm not here to make friends. (laughs) If I do, that's a great bonus. But I don't know about you, I have I have a tiny little problem, hardly worth mentioning, with self-obsession. <laughs> and I needed practical action to take me out of myself. And so when I sponsor people, um, <laughs> once I've given you the instruction for what to do next you can come back when you've completed the instruction and I don't care what you think about the instruction or what you feel about the instruction and if you don't want to follow the instruction you can ask someone else and it's because I don't know how, for instance I don't know how to get well without doing I did a meeting a day in my first year if you won't do that I mean, find someone else who knows how to get well without doing a meeting a day in the first year 
I can only pass on what I did and what I do. Um, it's putting action above feeling. And that is what has got me out of myself and changed, uh, uh, changed my experience of the world. Um, uh, my brain is, is only a few inches across. Um, and if you look up the universe on Wikipedia, you'll find that the universe is very, very big. It's a lot bigger than the few inches across my from this temple to that temple. Um, when I got to AA, and for a long time after I got to AA, the contents of this little head of mine took up 99% of my attention. This was disproportionate. There is a whole universe out there which was far more interesting, far more merited my attention. My job as a sponsor is to help people discover that there is a universe outside their distorted perceptions of a reality which isn't even there in the first place. <laughs> I, I, I was very upset in my 20s. Not just one, but generally in my 20s, I was very upset. You'd catch me at a meeting and you'd say, Tim, how are you? Well, I'm very upset about something. <laughs> <clears throat> And at 45, I'd struggled to write an A4 sheet of paper explaining what it was that so mesmerised my attention for a good decade of my life. I, I, I'd struggled, literally struggled, to fill an A4 page with what it was. Which makes me question, when I'm bothered by something to say, how real is any of that? Do I really think I'm going to remember in 10 years' time what bothered me today? Now, this insight is a challenging insight. Um, the idea that has been presented to me for a long time in AA um, is that, uh, as one sponsor explained to me very carefully, you're full of shit. We love you. You are a perfect child of God. You are innocent. But you're full of shit. <laughs> now, the idea that I might be wrong was oh, just a huge relief to me. Because if I was right about how evil the world was, I might as well jump off a bridge now. So I got to a point when I wanted to hear that I was full of shit. Because that meant there might be a different way of looking at the universe. A way of looking at the universe as a benign place to be. As, as a pleasant place which wasn't out to get me. Didn't owe me anything, but wasn't out to get me. I was ready to hear that. Um, when someone asks me to sponsor them, and this is after some fairly recent experiences, uh, the question that I ask is this. Are you willing to have any belief, attitude, thinking pattern or behaviour pattern present in your life today challenged? If you're not, go and ask someone else. I might, you might be ready for what I have to offer at some other point. Maybe you need a different path. There are lots of different paths up the mountain. 
But this is this is the important thing. I've worked out what I'm what I'm good at as a sponsor and what I'm terrible at. I'm terrible at the st- at the sort of stroking and patting on the back and all of that sort of stuff. I just <laughs> because it wasn't what helped me. As soon as anyone stroked me and patted me on the back, I thought, "You mug, <laughs> got you wrapped round my little finger, haven't I?" Oh, poor Tim. It's worked, isn't it? Look, the sympathy. When I was about a month sober, I've made... When you were new, did you ever make a decision on your own? All on your own, I made a decision all on my own. I thought, I'm going to spend Saturday evening, about a month sober, Saturday evening on my own at home. And I'm going to think about myself. (laughs) And about 12 or 13 minutes into this, I thought, I don't like this at all. (laughs) I thought, I'm, as I'd been taught the word, so I used I'm depressed. Which I probably was. So I phoned Maureen. Now, Maureen, if you don't know who Maureen is, Maureen is a Wimbledon housewife. She was 17 or 18 years sober at the time. She's what, uh, over 40 years sober now. And I said, Maureen, she said, yes, Tim. I said, I can only express myself adequately through the medium of poetry. <laughs> and she didn't metaphorically pat my damp little hands or stroke me or or tell me that I should keep coming back until the miracle happened, or not leave until the miracle happened, or do something with miracles. I didn't, she didn't say anything about miracles. She said, bullshit. <laughs> she said, you're a communal garden alcoholic, and don't you forget it. And my first thought was to phone up the London telephone office and report her for cruelty to new and my, my second thought was, what a relief. Maybe I'm just like everyone else. So what worked with me is being challenged. Not everyone, that won't work with everyone. A lot of people, that will just turn them off. I've, heard pe- I've, I've done ch- chairs and meetings where people have said afterwards, if I'd heard that when I first came in, I would have walked straight back out, and that may be the case. So when I'm, if I'm chairing in an in a AA meeting, I say, by the way, I don't speak on behalf of AA, so if something I say bothers you, really don't take against AA. This is not AA speaking, this is me speaking. So this thing about sponsorship, I'm not here... Sometimes my sponsees think they have to become like me to sponsor other people. They don't. They have to become like themselves. So me becoming a good sponsor is not me following someone else's template. It's me maximising what I have to offer. And we're all different, and we're all different for a reason, because different people need apparently need different things. I've, I've had sponsees, and this is, this is good for your humility, I've had sponsees that I sponsor for years, and they're banging their head against a brick wall, and eventually... They say, bugger this for a game of soldiers, or I say, bugger this for a game of soldiers, and we call it a day. And they get someone else, and within, <laughs> within six weeks, they're sorted. <laughs> and they've had a personality change. Whatever they were doing with me didn't work. Whatever they did with someone else totally worked. 
So I don't force it anymore. If it ain't working, it ain't working. And uh, I've got a tiny bit more humility than I used to have. And I now know when I've met my match. And um, someone said to me once, it was, a, it was an old Jesuit, who said, uh, have the grace to know when you're in out of your depth. And one of the most useful things I can say to the sponsee is, you might need to call the mental health services about this. You might need to call the benefits office about this. You might need to call whoever, you call your doctor now. Go to A&E. It's to know when there is something going on here that is out of my is out of my hands. I can't. I can't deal with it. Um, I've got a little bit, well, a, little, a lot more, um, but I'll squish it down. Um, what I want to do before I go on, because um, I sort of answered some of the questions which are coming. <coughs> Does anyone have any immediate questions? <laughs> Mark, you almost want to tell. I think. Well, I'm going to certainly know that the answer's going to be. It's just come to me as quick because I'd welcome it. Really for the benefit of those that may need or wish to hear the answer, and that is uh, sometimes there's some controversy regarding sponsorship, sponsoring women. You know, I respond to women. Uh, uh, I just want to hear what you've got to say about that because I've been, and if you've got an, a basic sense added, I can work with you. I just want to hear you. That's a really good question. So, so just just for the sake of the tape, as much as anything else, or for the people at the back, um, <clears throat> um, uh, do men have to sponsor men? Do women have to sponsor women? Um, <laughs> the first point is that in the part of London I live in, the distinction between men and women is blurred at the best. <laughs> The jury is out on a lot of people. I've sponsored people that start off as men by the time they finish their women. <laughs> and the same has happened in the other direction. So, um, <laughs> you know, how do you legislate for that? Um, uh, a friend of mine tells me that you can buy a T-shirt in in San Francisco which says the men sponsor the men, the women sponsor the women, and the gays sponsor everyone. <laughs> um, so I, th- I think the reason this is a tricky area is because there are several... A lot of recovery is about principles, not rules. Principles are general and have to be applied with some intelligence and some discretion. So they, are, they require a bit more skill. Rules, you just follow them. You don't need to think. So the great thing about a rule is it's simple, but um, it's a bit of, a, it's a, bit of a, a crude instrument. The thing about principles uh, is you have to use your judgment, and, so, and they play off against each other as well, uh, which means that um, you can make mistakes. Um, for the record... Um, um, being a gay man, I sponsor straight men, gay men, straight women, gay women, um, uh, everything in between in terms of sex, everything in between in terms of sexuality. So uh, I don't have any uh, any um, any boundaries there on principle, but but 
I want to set out what the principles are here. The first one is if there is a whiff of sexual or romantic interest on your part or on their part, quickly steer them to someone else. Um, I'm not going to tell the stories about what goes wrong there, but um, I've seen some very tragic cases over the years where something romantic develops and people, uh, someone relapses. The person that relapses is sometimes the newcomer, sometimes it's the old-timer. And when someone relapses or commits suicide in a romantic relationship within AA, um, imagine being the other person and asking yourself, I wonder if they'd still be alive if I'd kept whatever it is in my trousers in my trousers. That's not a question you ever want to ask yourself. So um, keeping sex and recovery separate is not a bad idea. Um, um, particularly Westport, if there's any sense of a, a difference in power because of the sponsorship thing. So if there's a whiff, as I said, if there's a whiff of romance or sex pointing towards someone else. Um, the other thing which, but, but, but the other thing which can happen as well is that um, people come into recovery with unresolved relationships with various authority figures they've had in their past. If those authority figures were their parents, sometimes they can try to recreate their relationship with their father or their mother with you and project all sorts of stuff, which is actually mum and dad stuff, onto you. And again, if you get any whiff that that is happening, they need someone else because it's going to get in the way. So the problem they're trying to solve, they're recreating in the relationship with you. And that can happen. You know, I've had male sponsees that try to put me in a father position. Um, um, so, so keeping the men to the men and the women to the women won't necessarily solve that problem I see that with female friends of mine where their, their female sponsees um, um, try to turn them into their mother and, and, and act out all their mother stuff with the female sponsor, uh, female sponsor so sometimes I've sponsored women who have a terrible problem with women because they had a terrible relationship with their mother, but they had a kind of alright relationship with their father, so I'm a safe authority figure as a sponsor. So actually, sometimes it's, it's, it's safer for that person to have a male sponsor. So there's, there's, there's some discretion there. If you don't have a sexual um, orientation in common, it really helps, though. So the category I'm least likely to sponsor is gay men. I sponsor very, very few gay men. I stick to uh, stick to one of the other stick to one of the other categories. The other thing as well, <clears throat> um, I don't know if any of you have ever noticed this, but occasionally there can be tiny little differences in how men respond to situations than how women respond to situations. Just occasionally. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> now, one of the problems with this is um, um, if a bloke spins a story, a male sponsee spins a a narrative to me, I can say, oh, come off it. And he'll say, oh, yeah, you're right. One thing I've had when someone has a different sex, 
And this is true sponsoring transsexual people. It's true sponsoring women. Um, people say, but you don't understand. You're not a woman. And I've had, uh, particularly with female sponsees, they've had to get go and get a female sponsor that can say, um, no, that is bullshit. I'm a woman. I can say that. That's not... And that this is a regularly occurring problem. So I do find more problems. There are situations where I sponsor women. I do sponsor a number of women. But there are more problems than sponsoring men. So um, the, I, one of the reasons I sponsor, I do sponsor, and I have sponsored a lot of women over the years, is to make sure that there are loads of women in my home group that can sponsor women. So new women who come in will get sponsored by the women. Because that is the, I think that is the ideal thing. Because the instinctive understanding is greater um, <clears throat> and women that, that I've sponsored often need to talk through stuff at much greater length before they feel they've got it out of their system whereas men tend to want just tell me what to do just give me something give me some instructions <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's a great video and um, uh, I know technically I shouldn't be pointing to an outside resource but you know um Hopefully, by the time the traditions police arrive, I'll be back on the train to London. And they might catch me. Um, <clears throat> there is a video um, on YouTube called "It's Not About the Nail," where there's this um, woman and a man, and the woman is is saying, "But it's it's so painful. There's this throbbing in my brain, and it it just won't stop." and the man says, um, tell me more about it. And she talks more about the pain. And then the camera pans back. She has this huge nail sticking out of her forehead. And he says, I'm pretty sure if, you, if we could get that nail out, that would really help. And she says, it's not about the nail. <laughs> You always do this. You always try and fix it. You know, you won't listen. <laughs> and it just go, it goes on that. There is some people need to talk, just need to talk for a hell of a lot longer. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just the way some people are built. Some men are like that. Some women just want instructions. But it's important, in my experience, for there to be some kind of psychological compatibility. So if you want someone who wants loads and loads of chit-chat and talk, just get a sponsor who's built for that. If you want simple instructions to get on with, come to me. Um, I hope that goes some way to answering that. Any other questions? <coughs> some other thick questions... Um, uh, and this was, this was a slightly charged question. Um, do you hand out the infamous six suggestions to newcomers? If not, what do you do? So the six suggestions, in case you're not aware, um, there was a, a little bit of AA history here. Um, there was a chap in London many, many years ago, I remember him at the end of his life, called David B., who helped very, very large number of people, started some groups in London which were very successful. And um, 
would give people this list of six suggestions to do in the morning. And some of you have been given six suggestions, I'm sure. And then it's spread to Roads to Recovery Meet Group in Plymouth, and it's spread out from there. And lots of parts of the country now do this, and, and it's great. Um, I don't use the six suggestions. What I do, I look at the principles of this. And <clears throat> what has got me and kept me, I won't say well, at least sober and better than I used to be. <laughs> I'm afraid this is after a lot of work, so, you know. Um, what has kept me um, better than I used to be is sticking in all three sides of the triangle. So I do give people daily suggestions. Uh, I do give sponsors daily suggestions. But here's the thing. Um, I'll give different people different suggestions. Um, if people are, some people are really keen on, you know, the academic types, the people at, at school loved homework, the, Hermi the Hermione Granger types. If you're sponsoring Hermione Granger, who loves homework, you might want to give some suggestions which involve going to meetings, talking to people, being honest about how they feel, being open with other people. <clears throat> something like that, because that's where the weakness is. If you've got someone who is great at fellowship, great at talking to people, great at forming friendships, but won't look at themselves, you might want to tell them to do a daily inventory. So the suggestions I give people depend on what they come, what problems they're presenting. I, I won't give the same thing to, to different people. Well, one of the big things that I hear said a lot... Um, I think the, there's only one American left in the room, so I'm going to be slightly rude about Americans. Um, <clears throat> American AA is a very different beast than, than British AA. And I've listened to a lot of AA tapes over the years, and I've learned a lot from them. But there's something you hear an awful lot on AA tapes in America, which is, I can only pass on what was passed on to me so I sponsor people exactly the way I was sponsored. I can't do anything else. Um, I'm, I believe what it says in the big book, which is that um, once we've taken the steps, we, create, we establish a relationship with God and we establish a channel for more to be revealed to us. Um, it talks about going to God when we don't know what to do and we ask for an intuitive thought, inspiration or a decision. And when I'm sponsoring people, I get to ask God, I don't know how to deal with this. What could I possibly say that might help this person in this awful situation? And on a good day, I'll get an intuitive thought, an inspiration, a decision. It may or may not have come originally from my sponsor. It may come from something I've read in a book. It may come from something I've heard in a meeting. The way I sponsor today, um, the, the, the full range of material that I have available is a chap called Doug, who was my first real sponsor. A woman in... I, I tried getting sober in Russia. It's a long story. We don't have time for it, but I don't recommend trying to get sober in Russia in early 1993. So if ever you are back in Russia in 1993, just carry on drinking. It's not even worth trying to stay sober. A woman called Tatiana, who helped me a lot there. Maureen in Wimbledon. A chap called Bernard for a few years and then there's another chap called Brian who helped me for a few years and his best friend Chris who they kind of co-sponsored me at the same time then my current sponsor Joe I've had all these sponsors over the years 
I've heard hundreds of AA tapes. I've been to thousands of meetings. I've heard tens of thousands of individual shares. I've been praying meditating for 23 years. I've read all sorts of meditation books. Um, I've dipped my toe uh, into the piranha pool of many different religions, uh, extracted my toe pretty quickly in most cases. But I've dipped, I've dipped my toe into various religions. This is, and, and, and there've been all sorts of other things as well. I mean, you probably guessed from a few of the things that I said that I, I could end up quoting anything back at you. You know, I'm, currently I'm reading one of the Harry Potters, so Harry Potter is is creeping into there. Are, there are, there are, there are things which I read and just in the news or whatever, which I find helpful and I pass on. So that's the full range of what I have to offer. If I limited what I have to offer other people to being only what my sponsor said, I'm saying God can't work through all those other things. I am of the opinion that, as, as my friend Tom says, God is of above average intelligence and God is also very, very big. So I want to let God work through all of those possible things to help people by extracting things from my mind put out onto the table. So um, how I sponsor people, it changes over time and it varies from person to person. I want to say one thing about technicalities. Um, I take people through... The, uh, one of my home groups were a bit naughty in the little script at the beginning. Um, we say uh, the book Alcoholics Anonymous, which contains the instructions for the steps, and then we say something else about it. Because this is news in a lot of AA that the instructions for the steps are in the big book. People think they're in all sorts of other places. I take them. Th- I know. Um, I take them through the big book. And the principle is this. Up to page 63, blah, 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 we're talking. We don't have to take any action. There's only one real instruction, which is on page 44, where it says, cheer up. (laughs) So I tell people to cheer up on page 44. But basically, up to 63, there are no instructions. It's just chit-chat, 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 chit-chat. And the technique, very simple. You go through it, you say, what do you identify with? Use the book as a mirror. What can you learn about yourself by using the book as a mirror? Then you get to page 63, then it tells you what to do. And, you know, it's not in Greek. There's no... I'll give you an example. Some people talk about different approaches to AA, or which approach is right... You know, how many columns? Is it three columns, or is it four columns, or is it five columns, or is it... Referring to our list again. So you've now got a list of all the people that that you've taken umbrage against. And we've upset you, poor thing. Uh, So you've got your list of all all the wicked people. And then it says, where have we been selfish? As I say, it's not in Greek. There's there's no two ways of interpreting that. We all know what selfish means. When when you put yourself first, then you write down all the ways you put yourself first. Now you can write it in three columns, or you can write it in four columns, or you can write it in seven columns. You can put it on parchment. You can turn it into interpretative dance. But as long as you somehow... (laughs) Place yourself in a position 
whereby in step five you can tell someone else how you're selfish. You've done it right. So up to 63, we're talking. 63 to 164, we're following instructions. You keep it. You follow an instruction. When you've completed the instruction, we go on to the next one. There we go. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty simple. Um, um, and also, um, that I now the the one thing I would add is that um, people come into AA with different degrees of damage. Um, some people are not so good at reading when they get sober. Um, you hear it when if you're uh, if you're at one of those meetings where the book gets passed around the room. Some people love reading. Other people, you can tell that they're, they're, they're just about managing to read the words, but they're not taking in what they're what they're reading. I have to sponsor this thing. Oh, I have to sponsor everyone the same. I'm not going to sponsor two people the same when their reading skills are completely different. Uh, I've had people I've sponsored where I read out a paragraph just one at a time and say, how do you identify with that? And then they say some story which bears absolutely no relation. <laughs> and I say, so I pick out one line from the paragraph. I say, how do you identify with that? Another shaggy dog story. And then I say, how I identify with that is this. And then they say, oh yeah, that happened to me too. And then we're cracking. I have to mentally tick that paragraph and come to the next one. And <clears throat> one time it took six months to get through the first three steps doing that. And that was what was necessary. To, to, it was just scrambled. It took a while for the fog to clear. But it means ridiculous trying to get him through a step four because his mind wasn't clear. But just very gently going through bit by bit, stayed sober. It worked. How do you know it's working? They're staying sober. If they're drunk, it hasn't worked. No mystery there. I want, I, once I was being arrested by a policeman for being drunk and disorderly, and he said, um, uh, why are you doing this to yourself, I being drunk and disorderly? Um, and I said, because AA doesn't work. And it happens. I was drunk. So, if they're staying sober and they're not doing anything which is causing them to be arrested, they're, they're, it, you know, it's working. And they're not, you know, being too naughty. Um, there are other people who, you give them the first four chapters to read, they come back three hours later, giving you this amazing, concise understanding of what they've just read, with 18 pertinent examples from their own experience of how totally they identify this. You're not going to read through, how do you identify with this line, how do you identify with that line? They've got it. Go on to the next bit. So I, I find out who's in front of me, and it gets adapted based on, based on um, where they are. Um, uh, we're starting to run out of time. Um, I've got a couple more questions, but I want to see, is, uh, does anyone ha has anyone thought of any other questions for now? Mark? Okay. Um, you're, an you're primarily an alcoholic team, you mentioned they had a lot, okay? Um, so I think what would be important, and, and we as CA members have uh, adopted the uh, 12 steps from the AA fellowship, we're all familiar with that. Uh, my question is, um, 
about sponsorship uh, 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 crossing over from one fellowship to another. Uh, you know, to me personally, the initials above the door, whether it's DAA, CA, NAAA, or any other A, uh, is irrelevant to me. All I'm interested in is the facts that uh, what works and what doesn't. Because as a drug, I'm not going to go into the big share now. I didn't give a shit what the drugs I use. Yeah. So it, whether the so irrelevant of what, what what initials are on a book. If that book's worked for me and saved my life and given me the life that I need today, that I thank God for, it's irrelevant to me. So I just wanted you to perhaps elaborate.